Hello everyone. In this class, we will study about the motor system. Motor cortex, which is also called as primary motor area, area number 4, located in the precentral gyrus. Area of cortex representing a part of body is not proportional to the size of the part, but rather to the intricacy of movements in the region. Thus, relatively large areas of cortex are responsible for movements in the hand or in the lips. In the precentral gyrus, the body is represented in the upside manner, which is called as motor homunculus. Motor homunculus. In various parts of body are topographically represented in the precentral gyrus based on the motor projection from the cortex. The feet is represented at the top of the gyrus and the face at the bottom. The facial area represented bilaterally, but the rest of the representation is generally unilateral. Stimulation of different areas produce response on muscles of opposite half the body. The cortical representation of each body part is proportionate to the size of the skill with which the part is used in fine voluntary movement. The area involved in speech, that is the lowermost part of the face, and the hand movements, that finger, are especially large in the cortex. So this is a motor homunculus where you can see the topical representation of various parts of the body which are represented upside down in the cerebral cortex and there are very large area for the hand and the, the area for the vocabulation are represented in the cerebral cortex. Additional areas of motor uh, cortex are primarily the premotor area, that is area 6, lies anterior to the precentral gyrus. Its function are programming of motor activity and postural support for a wide variety of detailed movement. Then you have supplementary motor area primarily involved in voluntary movement which are complex and involve planning. There is also frontal eye field which is area uh, 8 and occipital uh, eye field so which are involved in uh, the vision. Pyramidal track. There is the longest, uh, this is the longest track starting from the motor cortex and reaching the last segment of the spinal cord. The pyramidal track fibers pass from the motor area to the spinal ventral horn and to the motor nuclei of opposite side. The pyramidal tract fiber to the spinal ventral horn cells constitute the corticospinal tract. The pyramidal fibers to the motor cranial nerves that is uh, 3, 4 in the midbrain, 5, 6, 7 in the pons and 9 and 12 in the medulla constitutes corticobulbar tract. See the origin of corticospinal tract, 30% is from the motor cortex that is area number 4 in the Precentral gyrus, 30% is from premotor area that is area number 6 and 40% is from somatosensory area itself that is somatosensory area 1 and 2. Course of pyramidal tract, the pyramidal tract fibers arise from the bed cells of cerebral cortex. They converge towards brainstem as a radiating mass of fibers called corona radiata to reach the internal capsule. In the internal capsule, it lies in the bend, which is also called as genu, and the anterior 
two third of the posterior limb. In internal capsule, the the PT fiber get intermingled with the extrapyramidal fibers that is EPT, and therefore lesion in this region includes both pyramidal tract and extrapyramidal tract fibers. In midbrain, it lies ventral to the substantia nigra, occupying the middle three third of this region. In pons, they occupy the most ventral aspect of aspect in front of the trapezium. Here, the compactness of bundle is loosened. In medulla, uh, they are scattered fibers and are reunited to compact bundle. This compact bundle now produces an elevation in the medulla, which is called as pyramid. In the lower part of the medulla, 80 to 85% of the fibers cross the opposite cross to the opposite side and enters the lateral white column called lateral corticospinal tract, which are crossed and indirect and it extends throughout the spinal cord and about 15 to 20 percent of the fibers they do not cross and enter anterior white column near the median fissure called anterior corticospinal tract which are uncrossed and also called as direct fibers through interneurons they cross the midline and when it reaches the level of muscle uh, it controls and it does not extend beyond the lower cervical or mid thoracic region. So this is the diagram showing of the pyramidal tract which are going to arise from the primary motor cortex, somatosensory cortex and supplementary area and from they form corona radiata so which passes through the uh, uh, internal capsule and these fibers subsequently they uh, descend into midbrain pons and medulla. In the medulla, almost 85% of the fibers, they decussate uh, to reach to form a, a lateral uh, motor tract and which are going to innervate the anterior motor neurons till the lowest part of the spinal cord. Whereas some of the uncrossed fibers, they are going to descend into the anterior white column and uh, from there they are going to go to the opposite side of the spinal cord to innervate the muscles and these, these fibers reach up to only the cervical or thoracic part. Functions of pyramidal tract Lateral corticospinal tracts convey the motor impulses to the spinal cord for controlling voluntary movements, especially fine and precise movements of fingers and hands to carry out skilled work. Anterior corticospinal tract controls the muscles of trunk and proximal portion of the limb to carry out the postural adjustments and gross movements. Corticospinal fibers arising from the somatic sensory area that is area number 1 and 2 and parietal lobe association cortex are concerned with the sensory motor coordination. Some corticospinal fibers uh, end at excitatory synapses on alpha and ga uh, gamma motor neurons whereas others end on the interneurons that may excite or inhibit the alpha motor neurons and thus controlling the alpha motor neuron activity. Corticobulbar fibers are responsible for voluntary controls of muscles of larynx, pharynx, palate and upper and lower face 
jaw and eye. Coming to the extrapyramidal tracts, the part of descending brainstem and spinal pathways which do not pass through the pyramids and are concerned with postural control are referred to as extrapyramidal system. The, there are various extrapyramidal uh, extrapyramidal tracts. They include medial longitudinal fasciculus, lateral vestibulospinal tract, medial vestibulospinal tract, reticulospinal tract, rubrospinal tract, tectospinal tract, and olivospinal tract. Medial longitudinal fasciculus. It arises from the medial vestibular nucleus, reticular formation, superior colliculus, and interstitial nucleus of Kajal. The tract descends down uncrossed up to upper cervical region. Their important functions are coordination of reflex ocular movements and integration of movements of eye and neck. Lateral vestibulospinal tract. It arises from the lateral vestibular nucleus of the same side, run uncrossed and it ends at various levels of spinal cord. The important function of lateral vestibulospinal tract is to maintain muscle tone and posture and maintenance of position of head and body during acceleration. Whereas medial vestibulospinal tract, it arises from medial and inferior vestibular nuclei on both the sides descends uncrossed and ends at various levels of spinal cord. Their important function is maintenance of equilibrium and muscle tone. Reticulospinal tract. It arises from the reticular formation of pons and medulla, descends mostly uncrossed and extends up to the thoracic segments. Their important function is to coordinate voluntary and reflex movements and control the muscle tone. Rubrospinal tract arises from the red nucleus, crosses to opposite side and extends up to the thoracic segments. Their important function is uh, their facilitatory influence on the flexor uh, muscle tone. Tectospinal tract fibers arise from the superior colliculus in the midbrain, cross to the opposite side in the tegmentum and descends up to the lower cervical region and their important functions uh, they, they directly, they indirectly connect the retina with the spinal motor neuron and coordinates the retinal impulses with body movements. Olivospinal tract fibers, they arise from the inferior olivary nucleus of the medulla and crosses to the opposite side and descends up to the cervical region. It is less developed and less important in mammals. Their important function, they control the movements uh, due to proper reception, disease or lesion of the extrapyramidal tract causes difficulty in initiating voluntary movements. So these are the some of the difference between pyramidal tracts and extrapyramidal tracts. Pyramidal tracts phylogenetically a newer motor system developed recently and extrapyramidal is a older system. The pyramidal tracts exons pass without relay to the spinal segments where uh, they form synapses with either interneurons or dorsal horn directly with the motor neuron themselves, whereas extrapyramidal tract, uh, the discharge occurs through the several tracts. They are polysynaptic and multi-channel pathway. Pyramidal tracts, they have a greater influence over the motor neurons that controls uh, muscles involved fine movements, particularly those of fingers and hands. 
whereas extrapyramidal tract they involve in the coordination of the large group of uh, uh, muscles used in the maintenance of upright posture locomotion and head and body movements and when turning towards specific stimulus the pyramidal tracts lesions uh, produces spasticity whereas uh, the rigidity produced in case of extrapyramidal tract the pyramidal tracts uh, starts functioning after the completion of myelination at the second year after birth whereas extrapyramidal tract starts functioning from before the birth the pyramidal tracts uh, the rate of conduction of impulse is slower and it is faster in extrapyramidal tract pyramidal tracts uh, only facilitatory fibers are present wherein extrapyramidal both facilitatory and inhibitory fibers are present coming to the applied aspect upper motor neuron lesions uh, due to the lesion of the upper motor neurons that is the corticospinal tract neurons that innervate the spinal motor neurons but they can also include brain stem neurons that controls spinal motor neurons lower motor neuron lesions it is due to the lesion of the lower motor neurons that is the spinal and cranial motor neurons that directly innervate the muscles for example anterior uh, poliomyelitis uh, is the anterior horn cells are damaged some peculiar terms related to the motor tracts uh, hemiplegia the paralysis of the half the body there are two types of hemiplegia dense hemiplegia and crossed hemiplegia dense hemiplegia here the lesion occurs at the internal capsule there is a weakness of whole opposite side of the body including face and this is a type of upper motor neuron type of lesion affecting the whole opposite of the body crossed hemiplegia here the site of lesion is in the brain stem cranial nerve involvement depends on the level of lesion there is a ipsilateral cranial nerve involvement that is lower motor neuron type of uh, cranial nerve lesion and contralateral weakness of the body that is upper motor neuron type the patient walks on a narrow base has a difficulty in bending his knees and uh, drags his feet along as if they are glued to the floor and this is referred as spastic or hemiplegic gait paraplegia is nothing but paralysis of both the lower limbs monoplegia is paralysis of single limb quadriplegia is paralysis of all the four limbs effects of uh, lesions at various levels of cns pyramidal system uh, can be injured by cerebrovascular accidents and cerebrovascular accident is a major cause of pyramidal lesion there are two major forms one is infarction and another one is hemorrhage in the brain an artery can be blocked by thrombosis or embolism the cardiovascular accident can be can damage the pyramidal system at various uh, places like internal capsule motor cortex and brain stem when the injury is located at the internal capsule then the hemiplegia of the contralateral side is the rule this is because pyramidal tract fibers are also are so crowded here that even a slight injury uh, will damage the cause is damage to the large number of fibers uh, in severe lesions sensory and visual tracts are also involved 
so hemianesthesia and homonymous hemianopia uh, will also develop when there is a damage to the area for monoplasia on the contralateral side uh, or a localized lesion for example in the face is a general rule this is because uh, the pyramidal tract fibers are very scattered here therefore to cause hemiplegia lesion in the area four has to be very extensive moreover the cortical lesions there will be other signs for example uh, the convulsive seizures osteodiagnosis aphasia etc brain stem lesions can be often diagnosed by the reference to the gross anatomy for example lesions in the midbrain there will be uh, signs of third nerve paralysis on the side of lesion and spastic hemiplegia on the other that is contralateral side so which is also called as weber's syndrome when the lesion in the lower down in the brain stem there will be symptoms depending on the exact site of injury so there will be signs of injury of 7th 9th 10th or 11th or 12th nerve on the side of the lesion and the spastic hemiplegia on the contralateral side can be upper level of spinal cord uh, lesion which leads to quadriplegia respiratory paralysis and if the lesion occurs in thoracic and lumbar they can lead to paraplegia and uh, here respiration is normal note that cerebrovascular accidents induce damage of pyramidal tract is called stroke or apoplexy the onset of stroke is usually sudden in the initial phase there will be usually signs of shock after few days provided the patient survives the shock passes off and the stage of chronic pyramidal lesions appear babinski's response is obtained by stroking uh, the outer edge of the sole of the foot with a firm tactile stimulus the direction of stroke from the uh, heel towards the little toe and then medially across the metatarsus in normal hindi individuals it produces downward movement that is plantar flexion of the great toe and the small toes so and this is due to the contraction of the flexor hollicis longus babinski's plantar response appear with the development of the pyramidal tract and its presence indicate the development of these tracts normally uh, it is a flexor response babinski sign is positive in upper motor neuron lesion here on stroking the outer edge of the sole of the foot with a firm tactile stimulus produces first and upward movement of dorsal flexion of the great toe and fanning out that is abduction of the small toes this is due to the contraction of extensor hallucis longus and physiologically it is withdrawal response babinski sign if once becomes positive remains positive for the rest of the life some of the other causes for uh, the positive babinski sign are the lesion in the pyramidal tracts it can occur in infants uh, below 1 year as the pyramidal tracts are not well developed in them it can occur during deep sleep or it can occur uh, during chain stroke respiration due to the hypoxia release phenomena some features are not normally seen in healthy person because they are suppressed by the central nervous system some particular damages of cns cause release of it and the 
feature up till now suppressed become manifested. In the newborn, Babinski sign is normally positive. When pyramidal tracts develop fully, Babinski sign is suppressed and the flexor plantar response appears. In upper motor neuron lesions, uh, causes the release and uh, Babinski sign appears again. Some of the common examples of uh, release phenomena are Babinski sign, decerebrate rigidity and cerebellar tremor. Note that Babinski sign is a release phenomena, spasticity and spastic paralysis usually means combination of the following signs that is clasp knife rigidity, presence of uh, Babinski sign, loss of voluntary power and exaggerated reflexes. These are some of the difference between spasticity and rigidity. Spasticity is seen in the lesion of the pyramidal tract and uh, most commonly the lesion is in the internal capsule whereas rigidity is seen in the lesions of basal ganglia and therefore it is called as extrapyramidal rigidity. Spasticity involves only one group of muscles either agonist or antagonist, uh, usually anti-gravity muscles are uh, involved. The rigidity involves both agonist as well as antagonist muscles. Therefore, uh, the more uniform hypertony and often it is uh, so distributed as to uh, general attitude of flexion of the limbs and trunk. Whereas, uh, spasticity is a state of increased tone which describes uh, as a class knife rigidity whereas in rigidity hypertonia is described uh, here in two types lead pipe rigidity and cogwheel rigidity. Lead pipe rigidity where passive movement of an extremity meets with a, uh, a plastic dead feeling resistance uh, through bending uh, a lead pipe whereas cogwheel rigidity uh, occurs resistance to passive movement of an extremely uh, regularly irregularly variable manner. So there will be series of uh, catches during passive movement of the extremity and this is described as uh, a lever rubbing on the teeth of a cogwheel. Spasticity is a, a, a stretch sensitive the degree of increased tone developed during any passive stretch is proportional to the uh, speed uh, of the applied stretch where in rigidity no similar phenomena is observed. Some of the difference between upper motor and lower motor neurons lesion are lower motor neuron lesion is due to the involvement of the lower motor neurons that is the spinal and cranial motor neurons that directly innervate muscles whereas Upper motor neuron lesion is due to the lesion in the upper motor neurons that is neurons that originate from brain and uh, uh, spinal cord that can influence activity of lower motor neurons. Lesion in the pyramidal tracts uh, the major example. Lower motor neuron usually single or individual muscle uh, is affected where upper motor neuron it involves group of muscles. In lower motor neuron lesion, flaccid paralysis occurs that is muscles become completely paralyzed, there will be hypotonia and this is due to the complete loss of muscle tone as the integrity of reflex arc is lost. In upper motor neuron lesion, spastic paralysis occurs that is affected muscles become hypertonic. It is due to the mainly because of the release phenomena that is loss of higher inhibitory control 
it occurs because of the de uh, innervation hypersensitivity of centers below the transaction low in lower motor neuron all the reflexes uh, superficial and deep are lost as motor pathway is damaged but in upper motor neuron lesion superficial reflexes are lost but deep reflexes are exaggerated deep reflexes are exaggerated because of increase gamma motor neuron discharge in lower motor neuron gross muscles uh, gross muscle wasting occurs as all muscles are paralyzed this is atrophy of the muscle occurs that is shrinkage of the muscle fiber occurs finally uh, they are replaced by fibrous tissue whereas in upper motor neuron minimal wasting occurs that occurs because uh, uh, it is they are continuously in action to maintain posture by reflexes in lower motor neuron usually fasciculation and fibrillations are present whereas in upper motor neuron there are no fasciculation or fibrillation so this is in brief about uh, the motor system that is pyramidal extra pyramidal tracks and some of the applied aspects related to that thank you